Hallelujah for the mighty name of Jesus. In that name alone we win. Okay, so uh, does everybody have a outline, a portrait of the kingdom? If you don't have it, please uh, raise your hands and uh, Isaiah will get it to you. Isaiah over here, Brian. Everyone else has it? Okay, great. Okay, let's, let's read the title together. Uh, go. Okay, again, together. Very good. Mark 1, 14 and 15. came into Galilee, he proclaimed the gospel of God, and as he proclaimed the gospel of God, what did he say? He said, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has drawn near. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. So... The kingdom of God is not something in the future. The kingdom of, yes, in Revelation 20, uh, verse 4, we have the overcomers who lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So after the church age, there will be an age of a thousand years. That's the millennial kingdom. And uh, the overcomers, their reward will be to reign with Christ for a thousand years. But... Uh, the kingdom doesn't just refer to that time. It also refers to now. So let's read Romans 14, 17. Together. Go. Yeah, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. You know, we're not gathering just simply to have pizza and lemonade. Uh, but... But the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so it is a matter in the spirit. That is where the kingdom of God is. It is a matter in the spirit and it is a matter of righteousness. It is a matter of peace and it is a matter of joy. Today, we can experience that in the Holy Spirit. So, so then the first question, you know, ask, why does the Lord need a kingdom? What, what, what is the kingdom? Of God. So let's read Roman numeral one together. Go. The kingdom of God is a realm where God can exercise his authority to accomplish what he intends. Yeah, the kingdom is a realm where God can exercise his authority to accomplish what he intends. So in order to carry out some his his purpose, he needs a kingdom. He needs a realm where he can exert his authority and he can say, I would like to do this, and it gets carried out according to his desire. That is the realm where God can exercise his authority. And so that's why he teaches us to pray in this way in Matthew 6.10. Uh, go. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as in heaven, so 
Yeah, your kingdom come, your will be done, as in heaven. So his will is done in heaven, so his kingdom is there. But that kingdom, he wants to bring that kingdom in the heavens to the earth. So that's why we have to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So that's where the battle is. The, the battle is over his kingdom on earth. So, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we've, we've, you know, for all those, uh, there are several of us who are new here, we have been in the book of Exodus, and uh, last week we covered, you know, drinking and flowing out the living water, and then before that, uh, we had the war with Amalek, and that was the, f the, that was the fighting, and it's actually both those items are in chapter 17. So you see the flowing out of the living water, which signifies the spirit, and you have the war with Amalek. And, uh, and so it is a fight between two different kingdoms. It's a kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of the son of his love. So, so when Moses was on the mountain praying, when he lifted his hands, uh, the war against Amalek, Joshua prevailed, and when his hands came down, Amalek prevailed. And so for this reason, we have to watch and pray. So we have to do as the Lord says, your kingdom come. It's a matter of our cooperation. Without our, without, you know, and who was, you know, Moses represented Christ, and Aaron and Hur were there standing with him. And uh, Aaron represents the priesthood and her, you know, uh, belonging to the tribe of Judah, um, represents a kingship. So you have the priesthood and the kingship to, uh, you know, watching and praying with the interceding spirit uh, who's in our spirit. And whenever we are praying and cooperating with that spirit, his kingdom comes to the earth. Okay, so Colossians 1.13, let's read that together. Yes, in our baptism, we were delivered out of the authority of darkness, just as the children of Israel, they were in Egypt under the authority of darkness. Even after they had eaten the lamb, they were still under Pharaoh's tyranny. It was only after their baptism that they were delivered out of the authority of darkness and they were transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. There's a transfer in kingdoms in our baptism. That's why it's easy to bring a person to the Lord, but it's much harder to, uh, to have that person get baptized. There's a big fight over baptism because we're transferred out of the authority. We're transferred out of a kingdom into another kingdom. So now we come to Roman numeral two, uh, and this is, we have Exodus 18. So how about, uh, let's, let's read that together. Exodus 18. Yeah. So, after the war with Amalek, after the flowing of the uh, water, and then the war with Amalek, signifying the battle between the flesh versus the spirit, you have 18. Chapter 18, where 
um, there was a situation where Moses uh, could not, well, how about we, I'm going to read it to you. It was too much to put it on here, so I'm going to read it to you. There was a situation where, you know, people were standing around all day long and, uh, and, uh, and they're waiting to have Moses judge between them. And so when the father-in-law, Jethro, came, uh, he, he saw that this was not a good thing. And so he, he, he recommended uh, that there would be captains of thousands, captains of hundreds, and captains of tens to help Moses judge the people. And so we're going to read this. Um, okay. Verse 13. Okay, and on the following day, Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from the morning to the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit by yourself and all the people stand around you from morning to evening? Then Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, the matter comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you're doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and this people who are with you, for the, one, for the thing is too heavy for you. You cannot do it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You stand for the people before God, and you bring the matters to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they should walk, and the work that they should do. You also should look for able men among all the people who fear God, men of truth, who hate unjust gain and place them over them as leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, and leaders of tens, and let them judge the people at all times, and let them bring every great matter to you, but every small matter, let them judge themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. So forth. And uh, so, so before we, we get into the explanation of that, uh, so chapter 18, uh, the, the sequence of chapter 18 is very interesting. It's actually... In historical sequence, it's actually after chapter 40 of Exodus. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 1, as Moses was recounting the history of the children of Israel, he talked about this very matter. And it was after the tabernacle was built when they were about to journey into the good land that he appointed the captains. Uh, but... It's very interesting, Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, did not put this in Exodus 41, but he put this in 18, right after the war with Amalek. 
So it was, this is not written according to historical sequence, but is written according to doctrine to present a portrait that it is only after Amalek, the flesh is dealt with, then we have the kingdom of God. So, you know, and so for, for anything, there, there's a need for a biblical basis to interpret the Bible in such a way. So if y'all would turn to uh, Galatians, if y'all have your Bibles with you, turn to Galatians 5, 16 to 25, uh, and I will read it to you. So it says here, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. That's Exodus 17. For these oppose each other that you would not do the things that you desire. That's Exodus 17. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And, uh, and then it says, and the works of the flesh are manifest you know, so forth and so forth and so forth. Uh, such things as fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, divisions, sex. Among Christians, all, all the factions and divisions and sex, all the envyings, and then bouts of drunkenness, carousing, and things like this, of which I tell you beforehand, even as I have said before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, so the warring of the flesh and the spirit has to do with the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And those who practice the things of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it is only after the flesh is dealt with that we inherit the kingdom of God, that, that we are in Exodus 18. So Exodus 18 is a group of people who are under the ruling of the Spirit, and so because they are under the ruling of the Spirit, there is a proper order in the body. And, uh, you know, earlier we read the verses that said, um, okay, but before we get to that, let, let me read, read you some things. So in order to be in Exodus 18, uh, where all the problems among God's people are solved through the fellowship and under the authority and the headship of Christ in the kingdom, there is need of one thing because it is the flesh warring with the spirit and the spirit warring with the flesh. So then the question is, where, where is the spirit today? Where's the spirit today, Daniela? In us. In us. Which part of us? In our spirit. Where is the spirit? The spirit, the divine spirit, the Lord's spirit, is in our human spirit. So that's where we experience the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in our spirit. We have been transferred out of the authority of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. So uh, let me read this portion here. It says... Uh, 
If we remain in our spirit, the problems will be solved. And we shall enjoy the all-inclusive spirit who dwells in our spirit. In spirit, we feast on the Lord and participate in the blessing of the gospel. And so after, the Red, after they crossed over from the Red Sea, what did they experience? What blessings did they experience? They experienced the manna, and then they experienced the River, the water that flowed out of the smitten rock. That's the blessing of the spirit, gospel. The blessing of the gospel is the spirit himself. Amen. It's not just that we have a, you know, we have peace and we have joy. That's not the blessing of the gospel. The reason we have joy and peace because the spirit has become our joy. The spirit has become our peace. The spirit has become our righteousness. That's the blessing of the gospel. All the blessings in the New Testament are in the Spirit. As we participate in the drinking and enjoyment of the Spirit, we're participating in the blessing of the gospel. Okay, it is crucial to realize that the Christian walk is simply a life in our spirit. That is the Christian walk. So chapter 18, where we are walking in our spirit, that's something, it's not just a matter of or, an organization, you know. It's not just Jasper saying, okay, this is how you organize the, the meetings or this is how you have the church life. You, you know, you have some over others. No, it is a matter of the spirit. And the headship of Christ is in our spirit. Why do we submit to the authority of the, of the leaders who have tents? Because we're under the ruling of the spirit. Why do the, the one, who, why do the leaders or the captains of the tens fellowship with the captains of the hundreds or the fifties when they can't deal with their problems? Because they're under the ruling of the spirit. So there, so all these items, the proper authority, the proper submission in the body comes because of people who are walking in spirit. This is the reason that in his writing, Paul speaks of the Spirit and our spirit again and again. Apart from the Spirit, there can be no Christian walk. When we are in our spirit, we are simultaneously in the Spirit, because the Spirit is one with our spirit. When we first begin to appreciate the preciousness of the Lord Jesus and to call on his name, an organic union took place between the spirit and our regenerated spirit. This, this union brought in the kingdom. We were, we were united with the spirit in our spirit and we were brought into the kingdom of God. That's where the kingdom of God is today, in our spirits. So that's the way we solve our problems. Okay, so, so that's, that's the basis. Galatians 5 is the basis for our saying that chapter 18 of, uh, of Exodus is presents a portrait, a type of the kingdom of God. So in this portrait, a type of the kingdom of God, you see Jethro's, you know, in, in the kingdom, you see Zipporah, where you have, you know, she was the Moses' Gentile wife when the people of Israel rejected him, he picked up his wife. And so that represents the Gentiles, you know, that 
the Jews rejected the Lord Jesus by crucifying him and during this period of rejection, he turned to the Gentiles and we're all here today as Zipporah during his period of rejection by the Jews. So Zipporah signifies the church, the Gentile church that the Lord picked up uh, because of the uh, uh, rejection of the Jews. And then Jethro represents the turning. Uh, he was a priest of God, a, a Midianite. And so he represents the unbelievers, the Gentiles, turning to the Lord and seeking the Lord. So that's, that's a, a picture. And then while, while he was there, he, he presents uh, the portion that I spoke to you about, that I read to you, where, you know, the people were, were sitting around all day and, you know, and, and they were waiting to speak to Moses. And Moses only had, 20, you, know, 20, you know, 12 hours of daylight. And when the 12 hours were gone, you know, there were still lots of people and the, the matters were not taken care of. And so, so there was the need for others to come in to, uh, to, to, be those to be actually the reproduction of Christ. So Christ had Moses represents Christ and his headship, and the leaders that Moses appointed was just his reproduction to carry out his kingdom. They were under the ruling of the Spirit, and they and they and they just did what authority that Moses gave them to. So this is an authority in life. So um, let me read you this portion here that, that's helpful. I'm running out of time. My purpose is point, in pointing out this matter is to help us see that Jethro's proposal was very positive. It depicts the order under divine authority. That is under the ruling of the spirit, under divine authority in the kingdom of God. It helps us to see that in God's kingdom there is no disorder. Rather, under the headship of Christ, represented by Moses, everything is orderly. Under Christ's headship, everything and everyone is in order. So Romans 14, 17 tells us it's not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I remember that when I graduated from uh, uh, the full-time training uh, in Anaheim, I came back and I was uh, in disorder because I was very confused about what is my spirit? Am I doing something in my spirit? Am I not doing something in my spirit? So when, when I was in that kind of confusion, I was living according to the flesh. I was in confusion. And so I went to Brother Don Looper one day. I sat down with him. And uh, he, he just, and I, you know, I said, Brother Don, how do I know whether I'm in the spirit? And so Brother Don said this. He said, uh, well, I know you're not in the spirit because you're confused. <laughs> and he said, and he quoted me this verse in Romans 14, 17, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I was not in peace. I was not in joy. And so I was not in the Holy Spirit. And so a captain resolved my issue with the Lord. A captain pointed me to the spirit in my spirit and resolve the issue that I had. And so it was because of the fellowship that I got clear. So 
In a local church, all matters, great and small, are referred. If in a local church, all matters, great and small, are referred to the elders, the church is weak. It is not that the kingdom of God. It is not the kingdom of God in a practical way. If a local church is truly the kingdom of God, there will be not only the elders, but also the captains. We, we have seen that in the picture of Exodus 18, Zipporah represents the church. What then do the captains represent? They represent the keeping of things in good order. Just as there is no need for everything to be referred to Moses, so there is no need in the church today for everything to be referred to the elders. Instead, there should be captains in the church life who under Christ's headship work out problems and maintain order. Suppose two brothers have a problem with each other. If there is a need to call in the elders, the kingdom of God is not present in the church in a practical way. There is a definite lack of life and authority. Even among a small number of brothers and sisters, there should be a captain, someone who can remind others about the spirit and the cross. Is that if there is a captain to do this, the problem between the brothers will be solved and the order will be maintained. The presence of the captains in the church life is a sign of the kingdom. It is an indication that we have Christ, signified by Moses as our head, and that we are all under his headship. So, you know, of course, you know, in the church life, we have problems, right? You know, you know, uh, I remember in corporate living, problems included brothers not doing the dishes, uh, brothers living their clothes all over the floor, um, then I remember there was one time a brother was so angry with another brother, uh, he went around and broke all the lamps in corporate living. Uh, at that time, I, Tim doesn't know this, Paul doesn't know this, Jose Luis doesn't know this, only I know this because uh, I happen to be the captain there. And so we managed to resolve the problem. I took him out at 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning down to, uh, I think we went down to Mozart's. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we, we talked at the lake and we, and we prayed and we fellowshiped and the matter was, you know, we, the, the, the brother touched the spirit and the matter was resolved and we never had to go to Tim or to <laughs> Paul or to some of the uh, older brothers. So there are problems among us because we have the flesh. Amalek is warring. We're not angels here. We're not, we're not a room full of angels. We are a room of fallen men who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and we have been saved, we've been regenerated, we've been baptized and transferred into the kingdom of God. And there are still war with Amalek from generation to generation. So this message is to strengthen us to realize there is a war going on, but we should not be discouraged. But as, as the war wages on and there a problem arises between uh, two sisters or a problem arises between two brothers, find a captain among you. Find someone who's older in life, who can lead you to the spirit and to the cross. And the cross, of course, is in the spirit. And by doing so, uh, you know, 
we there will be a proper order in the body. And when if if it's a situation arises where the, the the problem is a little bigger, and that little captain among you, that little sister among you, or the full timer among you, you know, can't resolve the situation, then they will fellowship with some other older brothers to to pray and to seek the Lord and to be brought under the divine order and headship in the body. This is the proper fellowship, right? Right now, I, there was a situation I couldn't resolve, and every three weeks, I remind Tim to, uh, to resolve that issue because I cannot take care of the issue. It's beyond my authority in life. I don't have that authority in life to take care of that matter, and so I need... Uh, an older brother to to take care of that issue. So so there is a proper order and fellowship, but we have to see that all all of this takes place. What is the order? You know, it's not an organizational matter. It's not a hierarchy. No one has a title. Tim doesn't, you know, it's not Pastor Tim. You know, he doesn't have a title. But everyone goes to him because there's, there's an authority in life. I'm glad I'm not sitting in his seat because I'd be crushed by all the things that he has to take care of. Even the little that I have to take care of, I'm already feeling the weight. And so this is the authority and order in the church is by us turning to the Spirit, enjoying the Spirit in our spirit, and that in that way the kingdom of God is realized among us. So this is chapter 18 of Exodus. Okay, so very good. Now we go to uh, Roman numeral 3. Uh, let's read it all quickly together. 3, A, and B. Let's read it all together. Go. Stop, stop. A, 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 A again. Go. The Because of time, uh, I'm just going to give you a simple illustration. Uh, I don't have time to get into this matter, but uh, but you know the verses are there, and uh, it's and it's it's really uh, the burden was really in Roman numeral two. So the kingdom of God is the gospel. This is the gospel that we proclaim. It brings sinners. It saves them, it qualifies them, and equips them to know their spirit to be under the ruling of the kingdom of God. And this ruling is in life. And the spreading of this, uh, of this kingdom is also in life. And let's read uh, Matthew 18.36. Jesus answered, Yeah. So, um, the Lord said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my attendance would be struggling. So a lot of times in my service to the Lord, I get asked this question, why don't you, why aren't you involved politically? Or why, you know, why don't you do all these uh, things, you know, to uh, benefit society? 
Well, this is what the Lord says. My kingdom is not of this world. And so actually what we're doing here, we are furthering the kingdom of God. It is by our speaking. And by our speaking, we flow out the living spirit. And by flowing out the living spirit, we are furthering the kingdom of God. We're bringing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the earth needs today. Political movements cannot bring peace, joy, and righteousness. It just brings factions, divisions, quarrels. You know, if you just read history in any political movement, like the communist movement, the, big, the latest was the communist movement, you know, their intentions were good, but eventually it just led to factions, it led to killings, you know, and so the... Our, our kingdom is not of this world. It is a kingdom of life. So Romans 5.17, it says, For if by the offense of the one, death reigns through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So that brother, you know, I told you about, he experienced life. I mean, today, if you met him today, he is so different. Because life is ruling in him. He was brought under the kingdom. It is, it is, and life is ruling in him. And so I, I brought this illustration, you know, this is the spreading of the kingdom. I, I don't know whether you've seen this. Do y'all reckon? Well, it's kind of a wilted, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it wilted very quickly. So, uh, but dude, this, is, this is a mustard plant. This is a mustard plant. In Matthew 13, the Lord compares the kingdom to a mustard seed. And you can see these little mustard seeds that are forming right here in these pods. And so this mustard plant is all over the Texas countryside now. It is an invasive species from Asia. They're trying to get rid of it, but they can't get rid of it because every one of these plants produces hundreds, maybe thousands of mustard seeds. And so it's just basically taking over huge plots of land in the countryside. When you see all these tiny yellow flowers, those are mustard seeds that are taking over the land. And so the spreading of that seed is, is a matter of life. It's a quiet revolution in the Texas countryside. You don't hear about it. You don't, you know, there's no, there's no wars going on. But the, but the spreading of the, the kingdom of the mustard seed is, uh, is, is, is one in life. It's spreading because it produces seed. And so, so you know, uh, Last week, you know, the brothers were sharing about um, uh, drinking and flowing out their living water. That's the spreading of the mustard seed. As we speak, we're planting seeds of life in others. And that is the social revolution that we're bringing to this earth. And it's a revolution that will last from eternity to eternity because it causes Christ to reign within us. It brings us under the kingdom of God, and that is what will change the earth. It is all the problems of the earth, environmental problems, political problems, it be, it's because of the flesh. And so when men are brought into 
under the ruling of God, by the spreading of this life, we are participating in the greatest social revolution there is. We're bringing in the kingdom of God. We're bringing people under the ruling of the spirit, mm. in our spirits. And so, so you all are doing a great deal. By being in this room, you are spreading the kingdom of God. And when we go out and you tell your friends what you heard, what you received of the word of God, you are spreading the kingdom of God. And this kingdom will eventually result in Revelation 11:15, where it says the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ. That's the toppling of the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of darkness, and it brings in the divine kingdom for eternity. So praise the Lord for chapter uh, Exodus 18. So I have prepared for you uh, a reading. So we're going to split up in little groups for those who are new here. Uh, just gather in little groups and, uh, and do the reading. And the reading will be very encouraging. Uh, because as we, as we attempt to turn to our spirit, we will experience a lot of failures. But actually, these failures are very good for us. It turns us to our spirit.